630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Three games in the NHL tonight. The Canadians and Panthers are tied 2-2 early in the second period. Also early in the middle frame. The Maple Leafs up 2-1 on the Blue Jackets. John Tavares, both goals for the Buds. He now has 26 on the season. And Ottawa with a 2-0 edge on the Islanders. Stone and Duchesne, the goal scorers in that one. The Edmonton Oil Kings back at it tonight. They will host Calgary at 7 o'clock at Rogers Place. NBA action tonight at halftime. Orlando leading the Raptors 57-48. As for your Edmonton Oilers. They have lost four in a row, and guess who's coming up from the farm? Lead pass, left side. Yamamoto beats his man, shoots and scores, and there's his first National Hockey League goal, Tyler Yamamoto! Kyler Yamamoto called up from Bakersfield this afternoon with the Condors this season. In 11 games, he has four goals and four assists for eight points. Now, Alex Chason, here comes the bad news, is on injured reserve. He took that shot off the knee last night. Head coach Ken Hitchcock after practice saying that Chason was going to have an MRI. So Chason goes on to injured reserve. He's having this incredible season with 16 goals in uh, 31 games to this point. So with Chase on going on IR and Yamamoto coming up, let me ask you this because here's what I think. Yamamoto now replaces Chase on as the Oilers' fourth best threat to score a goal. I really think that's where we're at where we're at with the team offensively. You got McDavid, you got Dreisaitl, you got Nugent Hopkins. Now you have Chase on out. Does Yamamoto slide in there as the fourth best chance uh, to score a goal? Because the depth guys are not getting it done, and that's been uh, really a problem for the Edmonton Oilers all season, even when they had that good 9-2-2 burst when Ken Hitchcock first took over as head coach. They did it more so by uh, goal prevention and goaltending rather by uh, outscoring other teams. I know there was a, a couple games where they, they put a little more in the net, but for the most part, they have not been able to do that. The Oilers have a matinee tomorrow. It's against the San Jose Sharks. It's on 6.30 Shed with the face-off show at 12.30, and the game will start at 2. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Hope you had a great Christmas. It is 6.09. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30 Shed. At the Spengler Cup today, Canada knocked off Nerd. Nuremberg 6-2, so they get a bye into the semifinal on Sunday. Don't know their opponent yet. Two games at the World Junior Tournament today. Russia getting going here against the Czech Republic. The United States will play Kazakhstan. Canada back at it tomorrow against the Czech Republic. You can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. So uh, last night, the story of the game turned out being... The first period, it was a gross one. Hot breaks loose. Chris shot score from the top of the circles. He beat Koskinen glove side. Hutton has it stolen by Nugent Hopkins, grabbed by Goldobin, and back into the offensive zone for Elias Peterson. Center pass. Chris shot score. Brock Besser. Goldobin ahead to Peterson. Chris shot score. Beat Koskinen blocker side. Chop it toward the middle. It's still loose in the slot. Chris shot score on Koskinen. And the Canucks have done it. It's 4-1 to one and Juan Roussel with 10.9 on the clock. Six shots on goal in the first period for the Vancouver Canucks. Four of them go in. Uh, clearly, Miko Koskinen's poorest performance as a member of the Edmonton Oilers and uh, just 
I mean, I know the Oilers outshot the Canucks, but when they gave up scoring chances, they were grade-A scoring chances against and Koskinen, unable to bail the Oilers out, as he has been doing so often this season, especially on home ice. So four straight losses for the Oilers, three in a row on home ice after they had won six straight at Rogers Place. Now, the interesting thing, Ken Hitchcock said last night that he thought there were some building blocks in the second and third period of that game that, that he thought were positives. And the Oilers did outplay Vancouver over the final 40 minutes, but pretty hard to climb back from a three-goal deficit. But I asked Hitch today to expand on what he meant by those uh, building blocks, by the good play. What did he see in the second and third period that he liked? And I said to the players today, if winning hockey is controlling the middle of the ice, if you control inside the dots for 200 feet, offensively and defensively, you win the game. And we were doing that, and we've got away from it. We've chased contact, we've got impatient, uh, we've, uh, we've, we've overstacked on four checks, we've gotten caught, one pass has beat three guys, it's two guys for sure, and we've gotten over-anxious, trying to do too much. And I saw some things in the second and third period that allowed us to have some growth, but it's it's a lot. When you've got a young team like we do, especially in key position, it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. You can win some games on emotion, but you've got to win on discipline and good team play. And when we started to control the middle of the ice in the second and third period, then we really started to dial up the scoring chances. In two games, we've had almost 140 attempts at their net, which is a lot, but we haven't finished. But in saying that, the, the chances we've given up have been doozies. They've had lots of time at them, whether it's on the power play or two-on-ones, stuff like that. And those are the things we're trying to eliminate. And when you chase to the outside, when you don't have numbers, you give up the middle. And that's what we've got, got caught on a few times. We'll do- but there's teachable moments. It's not effort-based. This is, has nothing to do with effort-based. This has to do with positional-based. And, and I'm good at teaching that. All right, well, and, and Hitch has spoken in his brief tenure here in Edmonton, and I'm sure he's addressed it in other cities as well. He, he, he said a few weeks ago about packing it in, and he meant in the defensive zone. So if, if you're not sure where to go or you feel things are getting a little hairy, and he said it there, you got to collapse inside the dots and control the middle of the ice. Don't get chasing guys to the outside and get beat and create odd man situations that way. Uh, that happened on, I'm thinking... Oh, at least a couple of goals yesterday. And he has also said, especially with anybody outside the the big three, the guys who can make plays with the puck, um, that he wants straight ahead zone to zone hockey. That if you don't know what to do with it, you got to just get it straight out, straight ahead into the next zone. And they didn't do that on a couple of plays yesterday as well that led to goals by the Vancouver Canucks. So something to watch for for the Oilers who uh, are are in a little bit of trouble here because of the injuries. I I think January is, I don't know, it it might be the key month. When we get back, when we get to the second weekend in April and the playoff spots are decided, we might look back on this run here starting before Christmas with Clefbaum getting hurt, Russell missing some games. Now, he might play tomorrow. Hitchcock didn't give any further update. He might play tomorrow. If not, he should be for sure back on Monday night against the Winnipeg Jets. But how do they survive uh, without Clefbaum, this stretch without Russell? How do they get through that? Can you stay afloat through January, or or are they going to drop off and and be playing catch-up when they come back from their bye? That could turn out to be the defining point of the season here, the next three or four weeks. All right. It is 614. 
We're going to take a, a, a quick timeout. As you probably heard, legendary Montreal Canadian scout and Edmontonian Elmer Benning passed away yesterday at the age of 77. Matt Benning's grandfather, Brian Benning's dad, Jim Benning's dad. We'll get some memories of uh, life on the road with Elmer from San Jose Sharks amateur scout Brian Gross coming up on 630 Chat. Yeah, if you missed the Oilers' notes today, Alex Chason on injured reserve. Kyler Yamamoto called up from the farm. Also forgot to mention Valentin Zikoff placed on waivers. He did practice with the team just because he's waived. Uh, I mean, he could stay on the Oilers' roster, though uh, they may have to do some maneuvering here, especially if Chris Russell is activated for tomorrow's game against the Sharks. Uh, of course, uh, last night, uh, we found out Elmer Benning passed away, Edmonton-based scout with the Montreal Canadiens for over 40 years, and a guy who uh, got to know him very well in scouting circles and through numerous road trips. I'm pleased to welcome to Inside Sports amateur scout for the San Jose Sharks, Brian Gross. Brian, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Well, it's a sad day, Pete, because uh, I'm sitting in Vancouver watching the rain, and I'm freezing. And I just left Edmonton this morning. It was minus nine, and it was a lot warmer than it is here. So there you go. Yeah, well. But it's a sad day because we've lost a very, very nice gentleman and a hardworking guy. Outside of hockey, he was probably just as hard, hard a worker uh, with his family and doing what he did as he was as a scout. And uh, I traveled with Elmer for many years. And uh, we beat up, we tried to beat up his, his, his uh, Toyota, but he managed to get a million clicks on that, out of that thing. And he convinced me to buy one. I can only get 600000 out of mine. So it kind of tells you how he can get things to, to last a long time. And uh, his career in hockey lasted a long time, over 40 years. And I have nothing but admiration and respect for how he handled himself and for what he did for the hockey and for his family. Well, very well said, and, and for sure we're going to miss him. And, and scouting can be uh, a little bit of a lonely profession uh, with, with all the traveling, but you certainly got to form a bond with, uh, with Elmer. You had, you had several years and several thousand miles on the road with him driving across the prairies, eh? Oh, yes. We, uh, we had lots of trips. And, and the, the enjoyable part about it is that hockey wasn't his number one love, but it, it probably would rate it up there. But we used to travel into Saskatchewan, and you'd see signs on the road say, bowl for sale. All right? Boom. Well, let's go and take a look at this. Off we go into some farmer's yard, knock on the door, and say, well, can I take a look at your bowls? Take a look at his bowls. He analyze it, get back in the vehicle, maybe talk a little bit to the guy, and then we leave. And he did this more than once. I remember one time in traveling through the Prince Albert area, we stopped because the guy had a, had a couple of donkeys for sale. And so we pull in, and, and he asked the guy, oh, you got any donkeys for sale? Yeah. Well, can, maybe I'm thinking of buying one. 
Well, you know what? He did end up buying one. Really? So, <laughs> yeah, because because he had heard and or his experience taught him that donkeys kept coyotes away from from cattle, from the calves. So he bought himself a donkey. Yeah. So we have lots of stories like that. Pulling off the side of the road, look at a tractor for sale. Look at that machinery. So his his mind was working in 16 different directions, but he was always able to get to the rink and sit down, watch a game, analyze it. And I remember him sitting and watching him. He'd make a little note beside a name. I'm writing like crazy, trying to get everything this kid's doing from spinning, not doing this, not doing that, and he writes two little lines, and that's it. And I'm going nuts writing all this stuff up. <laughs> I'm going home, punching this, all this into the computer. He goes home, he has about maybe half an hour of hunting peck method of typing it in, he's done. And I'm sweating trying to get mine done. So that's, amazing. that's kind of some of the humorous part. That's some of the humorous part. Well, yeah. It, well, and you, you spend that much time on the on the road with somebody. But what would you talk about in the cars? Was was it all hockey talk, or would it uh, would you get your mind off hockey a little bit? What what was it like inside that that old Toyota on the on the highways, and probably a lot of times late night, and maybe in some weather that wasn't the best. Well, you know, one thing about Elmer, if the weather was bad, he would not be on the road. That's a given. I remember one time coming back from Saskatoon, the weather was so bad. We pulled into North Battleford, spent the night, had a supper, and spent the night. And he says, I got to go to bed. Boom, he's gone. Next morning, I got a knock on my door. Geez, what time is it? Six. We got to get going. <gasps> Boom. Have breakfast and gone. Because he had other things to do. <laughs> That's Elmer. That's amazing. No. Brian, Brian Gross joining us on Inside Sports, amateur scout for the San Jose Sharks based in Edmonton with some memories of Elmer Benning, who unfortunately passed away yesterday. I mean, where do you think that he he got this ability to just recognize uh, talent? I mean, there's there's hundreds of stories about recommending players and, and uh, being able to spot guys, and you just told that story about... You know, being able to write down a word or two and, and what you or other guys might take pages to say. Where did that come from? Was it just experience? Is it something he had a knack for? Could you put your finger on that, Brian? I, th- I think it was more he had, to, he had good insight into what it took to be a hockey player. He, he, had, he watched his own boys develop and go into the NHL. So he had an idea from watching his own boys and what they did and what it took for them to get to the show. So he just kind of took, took all that information, stored it in his, in his brain, and used that as, as a means of uh, identifying players on the ice. Uh, I, I think, you know, we, we didn't talk players a lot because NHL teams don't, guys don't talk about. We say we don't talk, okay, about players, all right? <laughs> because it's sort of like, Somebody's paying me to to do my job and look at players. Somebody's playing, paying him to do his job, look at players. Once in a while, we would talk about a guy, and we would disagree or agree, and that would be the end of it. We would not go into major detail or anything like that. So, no, we just talked about whatever came in. 
a lot of the stuff that Elmer had interest in was was farming. He was even when I started working with him, uh, he wanted to farm, and you know, and they locked up with Brian, and and he got to do what he loves most, two things. Well, first of all, he absolutely was a family man. That's a given. And then it was a toss-up between farming and hockey and scouting. So he loved farming. He loved the farm. But he also loved to get out there and watch players. So, yeah, he's going to be missed. I miss him already because I, I ran across him well, quite a while ago at a, at a game and uh, – and he probably shouldn't have been at the game, but he was. And I think he just went out there to get the feel of the rink and to see somebody on the ice. And uh, I'm sure he missed the game, missed, missed talking to guys. It was well-respected. And uh, I think he's going to be missed by, I know he's going to be missed by a lot of people. I cannot tell you how many times I've been at a rink and somebody's come up to me and said, how's Elmer doing? And I'm talking about any rink, from Everett to Saskatoon to you name it, Kamloops, Langley. Somebody comes up and says, how's Elmer doing? So there was a lot of people who knew him and wanted to know how he was doing. I was hoping that he was doing, he would get better. But, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't meant to be. And uh, it's unfortunate, but... I can tell you one thing. He's probably up scouting some guys that played a hundred years ago. So he's up. He's up someplace. He's up someplace scouting a game. <laughs> well said, Brian. Thank you so much for your memories. Uh, obviously, my condolences to to you and, and everybody who knew Elmer and especially his family. But thank you for coming on tonight. We really appreciate it. No problem. And uh, this is for Liz and the family. Um, my condolences from Brian Gross and his family. Brian Gross, amateur scout for the San Jose Sharks, as we remember Elmer Benning on Inside Sports. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Here's what's going on in the National Hockey League. Three games. They're all in the second period. The Canadians and Panthers are in a 2-2 tie. The Maple Leafs are up 3-1 on the Blue Jackets. Two goals for Tavares, now 26 on the season. And Ottawa with a 3-1 lead on the road against the New York Islanders. The Edmonton Oilers tomorrow will play the San Jose Sharks. A rare home matinee for the Oilers. Game will start at 2. Our face-off show right here on 6.30, Ched, will commence at 12.30 as the Oilers try to snap their four-game losing streak. Kyler Yamamoto has been called up from Bakersfield, 8 points in 11 games with the Condors. He scored his first and only NHL goal earlier this season in the Oilers' home opener, an overtime win against the Boston Bruins. Alex Chason placed on injured reserve 
took a shot off the knee yesterday in the loss to the Canucks. Drake Kajula expected to play tomorrow after being uh, ill yesterday. Jujar Kara will return from his two-game suspension. Another note from the NHL, David Backus, three-game suspension for a check to the head on uh, the New Jersey Devils' Blake Coleman last night. World Junior Tournament, just two games today, USA and Kazakhstan later Russia and the Czech Republic, four minutes left in the first period. Nobody has scored, and the Raptors in tough in Orlando tonight. Halfway through the third quarter, it is Orlando leading Toronto 71-54. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can text 630-630. Our open line number is 780-496-0063. You will hear a little bit more from Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock before 7 o'clock tonight. He was asked today, is the team fragile? Uh, I can tell you... Um, that that you know what that is that is the f word when it comes to talking to coaches and managers i i have learned um brock sunderland eskimos general manager uh always very generous with his time for this show always very honest in how he answers questions uh as uh russia scores here to open the scoring against the czech republic uh i asked brock sunderland a question about the eskimos being fragile during the season this year Probably the most, and it wasn't like he yelled. I mean, Brock's well-spoken. He's a professional, but he did not like the use of that word. And you'll hear Ken Hitchcock's reaction to being asked today if the Oilers were fragile as well. He'll have some thoughts on the San Jose Sharks as well, who a lot of expectations for them coming into the season. And they've been living up to them more lately than they did at the start of the year. But uh, at the moment, we are remembering legendary amateur scout for the Montreal Canadiens, Elmer Benning, who passed away yesterday. We had one of his uh, fellow amateur scouts from the San Jose Sharks, Brian Gross, on in the last half hour. And we are pleased to welcome now the assistant general manager of the team Elmer worked for for so many years from the Montreal Canadiens. It is Trevor Timmons. Trevor, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Thank you. Uh, Not... uh too happy to be on with you today with uh, the situation with uh, Mr. Benning, but um, I'm uh, very happy and uh, be privileged to speak about him. Well, we really appreciate that, and, and we know it's a, a, a tough day for a lot of people in the hockey community uh, having to say goodbye to Elmer, who had such a huge impact on, on so many people. I, I mean, you would have, obviously, Trevor got to know him b- behind the scenes and and seen his, uh, his work ethic and his, his contribution to the Canadians, and and the game of hockey, um, you know, as, as you got to know Elmer, just what sort of struck you about his his personality and his his work ethic that that allowed him to be so successful and and for his work to stand out. Well, he's such a he was such a humble man, um, very well educated in the hockey business. You know, he's been around the game his entire life, and 47 years scouting for the Montreal Canadiens, and certainly tells you about his loyalty and where they where it lied. And uh, just a sad day and very, very tough to lose a man that I looked up to and uh, mentored and, you know, tried to, uh, to learn off of, of how to run a family, treat a family. And, uh, you know, there's so much that he offered the Montreal Canadiens besides his scouting expertise. You know, when, when Elmer maybe pushed for a player where, where maybe he had this guy a little higher up than some other people might have... Uh, how did he try to influence you? Was he uh, was he subtle? Did he did, did did he get did he get pushy? Did he uh, did he just have all the bullet points and preparation ready to go? What were those conversations like? Well, 
uh, I always tell our staff, you know, that you get paid for your opinion and speak your opinion. And, you know, we run a professional meetings all the time. We have conversations all the time throughout the season about the players and prospects. And, you know, he was one that spoke his opinion and uh, you knew when he liked a player and, uh, you know, you get to know people through time and their likes and dislikes and, and when they're strong on a player and when not to. And, you know, he was, uh, you, you could tell when he liked a player and, and he pushed on that player. And, you know, he did a good job of, of doing the extra homework and, and finding out all about the, the player's background and, and uh, family and his off-ice habits, things like that. Uh, he, he knew his area inside and out and he was just a very knowledgeable hockey man. Trevor Timmons from the Montreal Canadiens joining us. He's uh, Montreal's assistant general manager, memories of Elmer Benning, Edmonton-based scout who passed away yesterday. Trevor, I, I, I got to ask you this. It's It's been written about, uh, I know Jim Matheson from the Edmonton Journal uh, referenced it in a story he did with Elmer a few months ago. I got to get your version of this. Uh, Carey Price, 2005. Uh, what are your recollections, uh, Elmer's influence on making that pick? Well, that was a difficult season in that it was a lockout season and uh, no team knew where they were going to be picking. So, you know, the player pool was uh, very large for the first round. And, um, you know, we already were solid in nets with uh, Theodore as our number one guy. And uh, so, you know, we went by the basis of, you know, picking the the best player available. And uh, Elmer and Trent McCleary were uh, very bold on on Price that, you know, he had... uh, it could be a future franchise player and and they really supported my thoughts on that as well and you know we work as a team here in montreal in the scouting department and and elmer was a big part of that team and uh, we're really going to miss him but you know he he had seen you know obviously he'd seen carry as an underage player with regards to the nhl draft and then during his draft season so he saw a ton of them and uh he was fully supportive and and bullish on uh on us making Carey Price, our pick at uh, fifth overall, which, you know, raised a lot of eyebrows, raised a lot of questions from, you know, outside of our hockey department. But uh, in the long run, that was, was, you know, the pick that, uh, you know, that was best for us at that time. Trevor, just a couple more for you, and thanks for your time. I, I know you're in Vancouver at the World Junior Tournament. The One of the great things about Elmer was the, the Toyota, over a million kilometers on it uh did, did you get to experience the toyota at any point oh i got a lot of rides and i'd always look forward to uh having elmer pick me up when he could and uh once uh the last few years though we uh we told elmer to park that car and uh we'd pick him up with a rental and, and give him a ride um so uh we had a lot of rides in that car through snowstorms and you know narrowly missing going in ditches and whatnot but uh you know, he'd rather drive all the way to Regina, Saskatchewan from Edmonton than fly. So I guess he did a lot of thinking along those drives and, and uh, you know, it, it paid off in his, uh, his thought process and his opinion formation of, of prospects and uh, where they got to. And he was, when I talk about s- such a humble man, um, you know, with his grandson evolving into a, a fine young defenseman with the Edmonton Oilers, you know, he never... He never raised any family issues when, you know, we didn't select him. And, uh, you know, but maybe he should have because he's turned out to be a good to be a good uh, young player and a lot of that character that Elmer has uh, has come through in him as well. 
And Trevor, my last one for you is, is uh, I had the pleasure of speaking to Brian Gross in the last segment of the show, an amateur scout with the San Jose Sharks, who's based at Empton as well. So he and Elmer shared a lot of car rides too. And uh, uh, he said number one for Elmer was family and number two was kind of a tie between hockey and farming. So I don't know if the Canadians, if you ever worried <laughs> that you might be losing them to the farm or if you were keeping away, keeping them away from what he really wanted to do, if farming might have been uh, seemed a little higher on the list than hockey sometimes. Oh, well, we knew when uh, when the fall came and he had to get the grain in that, uh, you know, he wouldn't be able to go to get to some games, but he did his darndest. And, uh, you know, you'd call him, he'd be riding that tractor all through the night trying to trying to get the the grain in or uh, whatever else he, he had to do out there um uh, one interesting story i think we were out there for a top prospect game and um he wanted to have us over to his house uh for dinner so he was just building the house the house wasn't completed so he got he fired up the old propane stove in his farming garage and and borrowed a bunch of chairs and tables and set that all up and we had a nice uh nice organizational dinner out there in his farming shed and it just goes to show you know the love uh, for family and us being his extended family with the Montreal Canadiens uh, that he had. Well Trevor I, I know it's a tough day but I, I really do appreciate sharing, uh, sh- you sharing some memories and thoughts on Elber Benning an absolute legend and he will be missed. Thank you for your time. Thank you. That is Trevor Timmons, assistant general manager for the Montreal Canadiens. A great perspective there on what made Elmer Benning such an incredible scout for that team for 47 years. As Trevor told the story there about some of his key decisions and why he was such an important part of the organization. We appreciate Trevor coming on and Brian Gross as well from the San Jose Sharks with their memories of Elmer. We uh, offer our condolences to his family, Elmer passing away at the age of 77. Your feedback is uh, welcome, whether it's remembering Elmer Benning or you have thoughts on the Edmonton Oilers or anything else we will get to tonight by calling 780-496-0063 or texting 630-630. The Oilers practicing today. Four-game slide for them as they play San Jose tomorrow. A little bit more from Hitch when we get back to Inside Sports. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight at 6.49. So we have an Oilers hockey game tomorrow afternoon. Then Monday, New Year's Eve, the Oilers against the Winnipeg Jets at Rogers Place. Remember, they played on New Year's Eve last year, and it went poorly for the Oilers, losing 5-0. Uh, we will have a best of inside sports on New Year's Day. And then uh, what do we have? January 2nd, we'll have a game for the Oilers at Arizona. So this is the last live edition of Inside Sports until Thursday, last one uh, of 2018. We are going to close out the the year on Inside Sports with a bang. Uh, an old friend of the show, we've uh, had him on before. He's a huge Oilers fan. He's a hilarious guy with a well-traveled career in stand-up comedy. Paul Meyerhog is going to be on Inside Sports, and I have no idea where this segment will go, but I think it'll be a good one. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in tonight. This portion of the show 
presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 780-4-FAMILY or check them out online at FurnaceFamily.com. Trucker Dave texting in says, uh, what a life for Elmer Benning. Thank you for this uh, look into this amazing man's life. Condolences, that is from Trucker Dave. Well, you know what, Dave, thanks for listening and thanks for texting in tonight. And Elmer Benning is one of those names, if if you're a hockey fan, you, you know about Elmer Benning, and especially if you live in Edmonton and northern Alberta. And I think that that in itself is unique because, uh, let's face it, the life of a scout is not a glamorous one, often not a well-publicized one. And, and you know when a team wins the Stanley Cup, the general manager or, or somebody in the organization always makes sure he, he lists off the scouts who helped because they're the ones out there really finding the players, seeing them play night after night and and giving the general manager a lot of the information to help him make his decision in picking that player at the draft. Trevor Timmons uh, touched on Elmer's contribution to taking Carey Price, taking a goaltender fifth overall, taking a goaltender in an unpredictable draft. You remember that one? That was one where everybody went into the lottery and had at least somewhat of a chance at getting the number one pick or or you, you didn't know the draft order at all, right? It was all determined by lottery that year. So, yeah, Elmer Benning, an incredible life in hockey. Uh, We're sad to lose him, but we're happy to remember him here on Inside Sports tonight. All right. So, uh, Kellen, did you see this Dallas Stars story today? I did not. No. What's up? So the the CEO of the uh, Dallas Stars went off, basically. Uh, He called, uh, this is Jim Lights. He's the CEO of the Stars. He uh, told reporters that Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan have been terrible, saying that owner Tom Gillardi was frustrated as well. Uh, He said that Sagan and Benn deserve more public criticism. Um, There was some words used in here that uh, I can't say, uh, (laughs) but uh, this was a very unique and very unusual outburst uh, by the CEO of a team. I mean, People in these positions are awfully very careful with the words that they choose and uh, certainly very careful who they criticize and how they do it. Now, don't forget, Dallas uh, has pushed into a playoff spot after last night with the Oilers losing and Dallas getting a 2-0 win over Nashville. The timing's kind of interesting, too, because Dallas uh, beats one of the best teams in the league on the road with a shutout. And he comes out with this. So uh, we'll see what the follow is, uh, fallout is from this. But he certainly didn't mince any words as he went after two of the uh, star players, two of the highest paid players in the National Hockey League. We'll keep an eye on that one. As for your Edmonton Oilers, they have lost four straight. They're going to be with their, their, uh, without their third leading goal scorer, Alex Chason, for at least a week. He's been placed on injured reserve. Uh, the Oilers have had some games where they were uh, in the first three games of this road trip. They looked like they were doing okay. They were hanging in there they got away from them and then yesterday's game got away from them well right away in the first 20 minutes they're down 4-1 to the Canucks after the first period Ken Hitchcock coach of the team was asked all right so is this a fragile group what's going on here no I hate that word fragile that's that's a weak word for me because that to me as a coach that's a sign that you can't go the distance and we're we're anything but we're we're our starts are the problem, not the going the distance. We can go the distance. I, to me, fragile is a bad word because it it means you're not competitive and that we're anything but. 
I, I think as a coach, you have to make a decision. You either want to win or you want to coach because you can't do both. And right now I'm in coaching mode. I'm in teaching mode, which you, if you watch this practice, you see that. And we're getting better. I'm, I know this is a very tough time for people, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited by the response. I'm excited by the improvement. I mean, we won games where we needed our goalie to stand completely on his head to get points. We're approaching a different stage as a group. We got smacked right in the face with injuries and injuries to the wrong spot in our group where we couldn't absorb it. And now we're trying to fight out of it. It's, it's helped us see a, a Caleb Jones emerge. It's helped us uh, try to get Darnell Nurse to another level. Now, there's been some adversity, and we've suffered some pains for that, but it's helping us. But I like, our, I like our attitude. I like where we're going. I like our work. I like what we're doing. And I know it doesn't show up in the scoreboard, but, man, uh, I've seen it way worse than this. And this is a pretty damn resilient group that wants to get better. So to me, as long as they want to get better, we're going to get better. The minute they start losing hope or become fragile, um, then that's when you're really in trouble and we're anything but. All right, so there is Ken Hitchcock, and he is a master wordsmith, and uh, he is a a master at taking the conversation where he wants it to go and uh, putting the story out there that uh, he hopes is the one that will be followed and talked about. Uh, so his message there is that the Oilers are not fragile, is uh, is that they're working hard, and that fragile is a team that can't stay in the game till, until the end. And he doesn't believe that about his team, or at least that's what he's saying. And strategically, from the clip I played earlier, he's saying we have gotten away from protecting and winning battles in the most important era of the ice, and he says that's between the face-off dots the entire length of the ice. So we'll see how it shapes up tomorrow against a very good San Jose Sharks team, and here's what Hitch had to say about them. San Jose is a veteran team that plays a veteran game. There's no panic. Uh, They've got a lot of older veteran guys that know how to play the right game at the right time. They always get better as the season goes on, and that's exactly what they're doing now. They're getting better every day. Um, And like I said, they got a lot of people that if you make a little error, they make you pay for it in a big way. And that's what we got to do. We got to avoid the big errors at the wrong time. And and, uh, if we do that, then I, I, I like I like our chances to compete against them, but they're a top team. I mean, they're especially adding Carlson. They're a top group, and it'll test us again. And you know, I told the players today, we're 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 not where we want to be, but we're getting there, and we're getting better and better. And these younger guys are growing and growing, and uh, we just got to keep on task here. And if we keep playing with enthusiasm and keep becoming good students, we're, we're going to end up in a good spot. All right, there's Hitch, and of course you can get more on 630Ched.com. Quick break for the news inside sports on 630Ched. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.